Uncover and Elevate is the next evolution of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and after coaching hundreds of clients, I am unapologetically clear on this. People pleasing is a symptom with a deeper cause. Being in a toxic relationship or career and feeling trapped has a deeper cause. Avoiding difficult conversations has a deeper cause. Self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, confusion, feeling insecure, all have a deeper cause. In Uncover and Elevate, we are going to look under the hood every week to uncover what the deeper causes are that shape our lives, including the ones that make breaking a pattern, even one we want to break, so hard. Then we will elevate our lives with tools designed to transform those deeper causes and deal with the symptoms. Join me each week as we uncover and elevate our lives. And now, here's this week's episode of Uncover and Elevate. Hello there. I can't wait to talk about the things we're going to talk about today in this episode of Uncover and Elevate. This is near and dear to my heart and something that I work with every day in my own life and uh, really with clients too. I'm not sure there's ever a session that goes by that doesn't have something to do with our topic today, which is about our true path and how to empower ourselves to live with joy. Now, another way that you've heard me talk about this is living authentically using delight and desire. So as a reminder, or if you don't know, Every Tuesday on Instagram, I do a live at noon Pacific, three Eastern, uh, for about 30 minutes on this very topic of using delight and desire as a path to authentic living. So I'd love to have you join me live there, or you can um, catch the replays either through Instagram or they're kind of hard to find there. Uh, So I created a playlist, a podcast playlist in YouTube on my YouTube channel, Brenda Florida, uh, where you can find all the previous episodes. But the again, the theme being how, how do we really like kind of find that truth, that authentic nature so that we can live it? What's the connection with joy? And how do we actually practically put this into use? Okay. So these are the things I want to cover with you today. So one, knowing your truth as something that is like inside of you. Okay. It's coming from your heart metaphorically and from your soul or your inner divine. Like it's this inner landscape that you have that is beyond the mind. So what we tend to do, because it's, you know, what we've been taught and how our culture works here in the West anyway, is to think. We use our mind to figure it out, okay? And what I have definitely learned in my own journey and as I facilitate other people's journey by coaching with them one-on-one is that the real knowing of our truth, what our truth is, what's authentic for us is coming from inside of us, not from the mind. Okay. Because the mind is very conditioned 
to cope and assimilate and protect itself from anything that might be harm. And that doesn't mean it has to be harmful in like a, a way that intellectually, consciously, you would be like, oh, I need to be afraid of that hand on a hot stove. Okay. It's not even that the mind goes so much farther with it so that I'm afraid to say something to someone. So I keep my mouth shut because I don't want to upset them. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to, you know, intimidate them. I don't want to put them off, you know, whatever it is. And so the mind is not really where we want to go when we're asking this question, so to speak, of what is my truth in any given um, situation. So this goes down to the super minutia of life. You know, what's my truth about how I want to eat today, how I want to move my body, how I want to eat right this minute or at this meal instead of even all day, you know. How do I want to move my body? How do I want to engage with the people I'm engaging with? Like your, your truth is in all those little tiny minutia aspects of life, as well as the big ones, you know, what's my purpose, you know, sort of who am I, why am I here? Because if we don't go inside to find that, we will just think that who we are quote unquote, authentically, is the person that got created by the mind as it went through all of the experiences it went through for you when you were a child. So we all have varying experiences, but even for somebody who feels like they grew up in a pretty, you know, happy, healthy, functional home, something very easily could have happened. You could have had, you know, a dog scare you or bite you and scare you, you know, like whatever. Uh, and now you have a fear of dogs or you could have had a teacher who humiliated you or some kid who bullied you or like whatever. So we all have things that impact us when we're children and we don't really have a good way to process them most of the time. And so that mind goes to figuring out, we'll just walk around the block so we don't go by the house with the dog or let's stop speaking to this person that bullied us or let's keep our mouth shut in class so the teacher won't humiliate them. And if that happens more than just once in a while, then that becomes a pattern that gets set in place. So you've got a certain amount of vigilance around even as an adult staying away from dogs or being cautious about dogs or whatever, or being really um, vigilant about anybody who seems like, you know, they might be a bully or something because you're going to avoid them or silencing yourself if you think someone is going to make fun of you or something like that. And so we create these personalities, these personas based on those fears and our mind's ability to create coping mechanisms for us. And we start to believe or feel like that's the truth. That's who I am. I'm just super shy. I just don't like dogs. I just, you know, whatever. And we've all said that. I've said it, you know, we've all said that as ways to describe ourselves. Well, as we go in this journey of a deeper awakening, a, a greater evolution, and way to understand and express ourselves, we start to realize, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm really not 
quote unquote shy, like maybe that's not the truth of who I am, but I got so humiliated in first grade. It's who I became. I became that person, but that's not necessarily who I am. In my case, I have all kinds of things around taking care of the needs of others uh, before taking care of myself that came out of my own childhood family and uh, religious dysfunctions. And so I would have said for the first 35, 40 years of my life that, you know, this is who I am. I'm a caretaker. I'm a nurturer. I um, don't like conflict. I, you know, whatever ways I would use to describe that. And if you would have asked me, well, is that your truth? Is that truly who you are? I would have said yes, because it was how I had been behaving and reacting to things my whole life. It was what I knew. And so that felt like truth. But as I grew and evolved, I started to realize those things and be like, oh, wait a minute. You know, in the example I used before, which is not me. Am I really shy or was that just how I started being because of that humiliating experience? Oh, so now I can invite myself to sort of play with, maybe I'm not that shy. Maybe I can imagine myself, you know, doing this or that thing that I wouldn't used to do or engaging with this person or a, the stranger sitting next to me on the airplane or whatever it is. However, shy manifests in your life to start to sort of question that and be like, you know, that may not be me. I mean, I think while I love, quote unquote, helping other people, and I love being a positive presence, and I mean, there's nothing I love more than coaching. Like, I mean, I love, love, love coaching. And so that's that has a common thread with the dysfunction I grew up of kind of, quote unquote, helping people. But for me today, all the things that I do that maybe to an outsider look like the same they wouldn't they wouldn't see the difference behind when I did it as a conditioned response and when I'm doing it from my truth inside of myself I can feel the difference and there are differences in the way I engage with things and even the way that I work with people if I had tried to be a coach when I was in my 20s I would take all my clients problems home with me I would worry about them at night I would you know all these things um that is not healthy and not good for us that doesn't mean I'm extra good as a coach or extra compassionate or extra empathetic. This is where I think empathy gets such a bad rap because we use it as an excuse for holding on to or prioritizing other people's emotions above our own. And that is classic people-pleasing slash codependence. Empathy is a part of it, but that is not what an empath is. An empath gets to have boundaries and an empath while they may be very, you know, easily tuned into how the people around them are feeling and what their energy is like, that does not mean they have to take that energy on or solve all those problems or start feeling responsible for those things or put the other person and their needs and feelings ahead of their own. That's just being codependent. So we start to get in this kind of scenario equation if you want to call it that of okay so how, like how do I know how do I know if that's conditioned I'll give you one other example because it's dramatic and but I don't mind telling the story and it's it's a great example of this so 
I got married right out of high school. For those of you who don't know this part of my story and, um, you know, high school sweetheart, we stayed married 16 years. We have four children. Um, although we had a very unhealthy sex life. There's a lot of ways I could talk about that now that is not for this podcast that I understand about it after getting out of the relationship. But anyway, when I was in it, this is what we're going to my late 20 year old self, right? So I've been married, you know, almost 10 years to say my early thirties as we're getting divorced when I'm 35. So in that time period, I thought I would have described myself. I would have said, if somebody had asked me if this was my truth, I would have said, yes, my truth is that I'm frigid. I don't like to have sex. I don't ever want to have sex. Like I'm just, I'm frigid. Okay. And I would have described that as a truth about me. Okay. After I got divorced and, and when I, was getting divorced, one of my primary thoughts was, hooray, I never have to have sex with anybody again. So um, fast forward, I don't know, six or eight months or something. And, you know, I meet this guy and I can tell he's interested in me and I'm definitely interested in him. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like sex, if I'm going to date now, I'm only 36 years old because I got married. So yeah. Right. And so like, of course, how I'm not going to be single and celibate the rest of my life. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to deal with this sex thing again. So anyway, I totally anticipating that I probably will not like it. I have sex with this guy and it's fantastic. Uh, You know, fantastic. He's a thoughtful, attentive and fantastic lover. And I was like, oh, turns out I am not frigid, you know? So That's a great example of something that I thought was my truth, but turns out was just a conditioned response because of some childhood trauma I had, memories I had repressed, and the dysfunction in my marriage. It wasn't my truth. It was that I had learned to tell myself that. So it felt true, but it wasn't true. And so one of the ways that you can tell or start to, you know, kind of tweeze out whether this something about you is a truth or maybe a conditioned response that just feels true. I like to use joy or the delight and desire words, whatever words work for you. Um, But the point is they're on the high end of the spectrum, right? Joy is just like one of the top emotional, you know, feels there is. And that's kind of how I feel about delight and desire. It's not just like, oh yeah, I like that. Oh, I'd like to have that. That would be cool if I could. No. Delight is like, yay, sets my soul on fire. Um, Desire is like, woohoo, again, sets my soul and probably my body on fire. And I, in those, I feel joy. So a quality about our truth is that it creates a sense of joy in us okay or it just kind of feels like joy even if our truth is doing something that's kind of hard like i need to go have this difficult conversation um with my spouse or you know a friend or a coworker or you know my boss or somebody on my team if i'm an entrepreneur 
And so it's not like I'm exactly looking forward to the con to the conversation or, you know, because I know it's going to be difficult, but there is a positive feeling of, but this is going to be good because I'm going to be able to share my truth and then listen, hear how they're responding. Maybe we're going to both come to a different place. You know, like there's a certain amount of, even if it doesn't feel like it's elevated all the way to joy, there's a certain amount of it that just feels good to you. Whereas when we are not in our truth, it almost always feels, you know, the opposite has some sort of, you know, very stressful anxiety, like physically in the body, your body would feel constricted. Your shoulders are probably tense. Your stomach might be in a knot, you know, and so our body is really also a great way to help us tune in to that kind of barometer of, you know, where, where is my level of joy in this truth? And if that truth, like when I thought I was frigid, I had no joy in that. Like, it wasn't like, oh, great. I can just say that's what I am. And now that I don't want to have sex makes sense. And that's my, you know, kind of quote unquote excuse. It never felt like that. It, it felt awful to me. I felt um, like something was wrong with me. Like, you know, I was a bad person because I didn't want to have sex with my husband all the time or, you know, whatever. And so there was nothing that felt good. It was very constricting feeling in my body even though I wasn't very tuned into that at the time, when I look back on it now, I can feel that. And so the body can give you a lot of clarity as to whether or not you're in your inner wisdom or truth, or if you're up in your mind in one of those conditioned response that's really just born out of the desire to protect you. And so, you know, yay you and me, because the mind figured out these things to protect us at a time when we needed protecting. And so there's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm afraid of dogs because I got bit by one when I was five. It doesn't make something wrong with you. But if that's something that is just like inconvenient in your life, now maybe it's not, but if it is, because now, whatever, you have a spouse who loves, <laughs> excuse me, a spouse who loves dogs or you've got kids, adult kids, and they they love dogs and you're afraid to go to their house, whatever. Then, you know, if it's not, if it's getting in your way, you can look at it and say, okay, so is that really true for me? I get it was true for me when it happened, but does it, is it still true for me today? And start tuning into your body for what that feels like so you know what it feels like when you're afraid of dogs that feels scary constricting tightening what if you could be in a place where you enjoyed them now we don't have to go so far as dogs bring you joy or you're going to go get three for yourself right but how much could that experience of visiting your grown kids who have a dog have more joy in it if you weren't having that old story of being afraid of dogs. 
And so then you can just kind of feel into that. And sometimes we still come out with a, no, I'm just not going to do the dog thing. <laughs> or we don't do it for a while. And then we something happens like, oh, okay, I can do it now. You know, like our truth is not just this, like some kind of rigid 10 commandments. I don't know why I just thought of a religious reference, but carved in stone, right? It's not here's the five things that are me and the truth about me and they're never going to change. And it, that's not the way truth is. We are fluid and evolving human beings. And so you are always becoming, if you want to, more of the truth of who you are, understanding that truth at a deeper level, at a more expansive level. So, you know, I could have a truth a year from now that I don't have right now, you know? So it's not something that is fixed and you're never going to change. Okay. I mean, there may be a few basic foundational things like, uh, I believe in love. I believe, believe, believe in love. And that has been the case my whole life. And so that's, I don't imagine that's going to change, but how I express that love what I do about that love has changed a lot over the years. And even as I've gotten more out of my conditioned responses and into responses about it that are in my truth, it's still different with how I, you know, move in the world in love is different today than it was five or 10 years ago. So combining these things of kind of like, I want to know my truth compared to a, these conditioned responses, because I probably have conditioned responses that are not actually true. It's just what I'm used to. And so they feel true. And then using joy or something moving towards joy as the barometer of does this, you know, because truth feels good to us. Like I said, even if it's hard, there's a place that it feels calm or peaceful or something. I've told the story often of leaving my last relationship from an external, you know, mind perspective, it was a total drama. I mean, it came completely out of the blue. I was living with him. I was financially dependent on him. I So I needed to find a place to live. I didn't have a job. I didn't, you know, like it, it was kind of a logistics nightmare, but it the experience of it and in my body was very calm and very like peaceful, more, not so much, you know, like, Zen, but just like I had this inner peace that I was following my truth by leaving that relationship. And so doing those quote unquote hard things were was a lot easier because I was doing it from this place of truth and peace and joy to the degree that you know it can be in that kind of a situation. I was very joyful to have the freedom because once I realized what was happening in the relationship that I had been kind of blind to for a while, it was very unhealthy for me. And so there was a certain joy in leaving that toxic environment and getting back to, you know, living alone and having a really loving presence in my home being me. Um, and then the best way that I used to kind of help bring clarity to me on that when either I wasn't sure, like, wait, is this my truth or conditioned response or, you know, 
is the joy just a mask? Am I trying to make myself feel good about something I don't, you know, like whatever. Then I tune into my body to give clarity to that barometer. And I say, okay, now wait a minute, but how does this feel in my body? Like I can remember thinking I had a small savings when I left him. And I remember for a week or so thinking, oh my gosh, I just need to go get an apartment because right this minute I have enough cash to, you know, put down the deposit, qualify for the um, rent. I need to do this. I need to do this. But when I would do that, I would notice, oh, wait, my body. Now I had been practicing tuning into my body for clarity for a year or so before this, which was very helpful, but I would tune into my body and I would be, and it would feel very constricting, very anxious, right? Lots of anxiety. I got to do it. Where, where, because I was working from home, um, just starting my coaching practice. And so I could have lived anywhere. So it's like, oh my gosh, you know, where should I go? Should I, you know, go back to California? Should I go live near one of my kids? Or, you know, when you have anywhere you could live, then kind of, it can be kind of hard to figure out where to live. So whenever I would feel that way, it was always super constricting and super anxiety producing. So I'd be like, oh no, wait a minute, wait a minute. This doesn't even feel good inside my body. That can't be my truth because truth, your truth is not always something that will make sense to you in a way, like on that logical conscious level, or that friends will be like, oh yeah, you should do that. Um, because what ended up coming forward for me in that situation was to go to California just temporarily. And so I came out to Southern California for like seven months, just thinking I'll figure it out while I'm here and either stay, I put my stuff in storage, you know, either stay or go back East or whatever. I just trusted that I needed this process to unfold in me longer. So I came to California and I did that. And about seven months later, I got a job offer that took me back to Pennsylvania. The job felt very in alignment with my truth for me. And so I put my coach practice on hold kind of at that point and went back into real estate, which I had done for many years and took that job. And it was great. And it felt great. And it was, you know, sure, moving, getting settled in a new job and a new community I hadn't lived in, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is hard, quote unquote, but I did it from a place of joy and peace because I knew I was in my truth. And part of how I knew that was because of the peace and the calm I was feeling in my body around this big decision. So I'm going to wrap that up here. I would love to know if this resonated with you, if I've shared something that, you know, pushed a button or you've got a spot on this that like maybe you just can't figure it out when it comes to romantic relationships or your job or a relationship with one of your parents or something. Those are the kinds of parts of life. Usually romance, our adult, you know, when we're an adult, our parents and our careers or our business, if we're running a business where these conditioned responses will really grab hold of us and not want us to uh, find our truth basically. And so, because our, our mind is just too scared and so, you know, if you've got a spot that's really tripping you up, let me know, email me, Brenda at brendaflorida.com or go over to Instagram and DM me, Brenda Florida Coach, that you can go to the show notes and get links for those things, or just book the 15 minute call if you want to chat about it. And then we can explore whether or not coaching would be the right thing for you. And if I'm the right coach for you. So lots of resources in the show notes or over, you know, find me on Instagram 
And uh, I'd love to hear from you on this. And until then, know that empowering yourself through joy and things that bring you joy are always going to bring you closer, if not totally into your truth, rather than a conditioned response that you picked up along the way to cope with life. So as we continue to uncover and elevate, I will see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Uncover and Elevate. Check out the show notes for tons of great information and resources like if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast so we can uncover and elevate an issue in your life, just complete the form in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach. You can work with me one-on-one -on -one or get additional information about one of my group or private retreats by completing the form in the show notes. And I would love it if you would share this episode on social and tag me. I'd also love for you to post a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a big difference and will help others find the show. And I'll be incredibly grateful. This is Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I'll see you in the next episode of Uncover and Elevate.